the Info Arcade is a completely fan-produced show of the fan-controlled sports and entertainment network. The first ever open-source professional sports league controlled entirely by you, the fans. If you'd like to watch live, tune into our Twitch, YouTube, or social media channels every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Now, it's time for the Info Arcade with Jaden Stanley. Oh, what's up? Hey, hey, how are you? I was, I was waiting on like one more video to roll, and I was like, it's going to happen. And then I was like, oh, it just stuck. What's up, everybody? It's all good. I was watching the weather, so there's like bad like tornadoes predicted for us. So I like was checking the radar, and then I was like, oh, it's showtime. So, all right, let's just run this thing back. Guys, what's up? Welcome to the Info Arcade Show, where each and every week we run you through the sports and entertainment news you need to know about right here live on twitch.tv forward slash fake controlled sports and we are so excited because this week we've got a brand new permanent host to the show mr frosty joining me frosty how are you doing man welcome officially to the arcade good to have you my friend man thanks for having me i'm so excited for this this is gonna be awesome i'm i'm pumped let's do it Dude, and and you couldn't come in at a better time because if a little bit like like some of you might know Frosty, you might know a little bit about Frosty if, if you're in the Discord and and that's great. But for everybody else who hasn't met this guy right here, you're probably talking to one of the biggest fans of baseball like in the entire fan-controlled sports world and this guy's like heavily advocating for them to bring fan-controlled baseball to to life one of these days. Who knows? It could happen. Let's that's, hope. that's a good uh baseball movie quote by the way if you if you aren't picking up on that it could happen no, it name that movie do you know it i'm not naming it you name it angels in the outfield uh, here's the thing I'll, i know the movie i'll tell you why i don't like it <laughs> i don't i don't like the los angeles angels okay fair enough but they were the anaheim angels in the show that's true that's yeah. true that's true fair enough Different, different team, right? No, just yeah, them and the California Angels. None of them are the same. Well, team. Yeah, it's all, it's all different. It's all different. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in the show. And if you're watching live with us, please interact with us. Drop comments. Let us know you're here. Like Jason Wright, who's watching over on YouTube. What's going on, Freddie Airmail? The always, the always ever present stat machine that's in the chat. Uh, good to see you. We've got Rimcage here uh, on Twitch as well as 49 other people watching live right now across all platforms. So thank you guys for tuning in live. And you might be not watching this live. You might be listening to this on podcast services all around the globe. And hey, thank you so much for listening uh, to our post-show recording or basically just a run back of the show. But we'd love to have you live. So join us on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'd love to meet you and chat with you here on the show. Anyway, uh, we got a really fun show tonight. Like I said, Frosty is a new permanent host of the show. He's a huge baseball fan. So tonight with, you know, opening day, it had it just happened Thursday. We got a lot of baseball news to dive into, a lot of like speculative topics of what we predict this season might bring. And then we're going to dive into some NBA, some NFL, some college football, a lot of good stuff tonight. So make sure you stick around. It's going to be a great show. But let's go ahead and, and hit it off with First Up. Let's go. And let's uh, go with our first 
topic of the night. And and guys, if I disappear, uh, it's probably just because our power went out, but I will be back ASAP. I will make it happen. Uh, we're just going to do the best we can with the weather here and just pray that it won't matter. Sound good? There you go. But but if not, Frosty can run this whole show. So like he's the man. So it's true. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, please, please, please stay. Please, please stay. stay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frosty. Well, let's kick it off something that I know you're super comfortable with, and that is this: Major League Baseball has officially kicked off, and we had an incredibly exciting opening day and opening weekend across yeah. baseball, and there have been. Quite a few surprises. I mean, when I'm looking at the standings so far for the major leagues, I'm like, wait, what? Like, this is this is a thing? Like, what's going on? Uh, and and that is like, like, for example, I didn't see, you know, the Texas Rangers being formidable at all. And they've come yeah, out of yeah. two really great series undefeated. Um, and then uh yeah, like we've we've just got some great surprises across the league. We're getting to see a lot of Shohei Otani, you know, seeing him come out of winning the World Baseball Classic with Japan and now leading his Angels. So we're going to talk about him a little bit. But first, like, what are your overall impressions of what you have seen from this season of Major League Baseball, and what do you think we can expect moving forward? I think the biggest thing that that I've seen is people are talking about baseball in a way they haven't in a long time. It was an exciting opening weekend, right? A lot of people tuning in to see who's going to strike out because of the pitch clock. You know, what are all the, where'd all these big players go? Uh, you know, we had a game the other day that went two hours and five minutes, nine innings in two hours and five minutes. Right? Which is and incredible so, for baseball. It's incredible. Right? It's crazy. And so it's been fun. Uh, people are stealing more bases this year already. Stolen bases are up because of the bags. Uh, you know, you see the cat and mouse game with pitchers and catchers and batters. It's It's been phenomenal, I think. Yeah. I honestly, like, Whenever we were going into the season, like I knew the repercussions of the pitch clock was going to be huge. I knew that it was going to help speed up games, but I had no idea that it was going to impact stolen bases or just overall engagement from the fans because oh. it feels like it really has picked up the pace far more than we expected it to. Like we expected it to pick up the pace a little bit, like, but sure. it has added a whole other element. And we've also seen some kind of like hiccups with the pitch clock as well. Like, yeah. The other day, we had an umpire throw out a catcher just on a whim because there was a pitch clock involved. Then there was a, then there was a, like a, hey, I need a fresh ball. I don't know if you saw that whole interaction. Yeah. That was. Yeah. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, yeah, I it's interesting. I was just laughing at that. No, fact. it's so interesting. The players are definitely trying to stretch it. Right, they're trying to figure out where they can be. Uh, you know, it's similar to we saw a catcher that called timeout to do burn a mound visit because they were going to break uh, uh, the pitch clock. Uh, we've seen pitchers tying their shoes to get reset pitch clocks. So, like, we're seeing the gamesmanship, and it's really interesting to see the rubber band effect of how umpires are dealing with it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, they're actually having to come up with unique ways to kind of play the pitch clock. And, yeah, uh, you know, another thing that somebody brought up to me the other day is, like, Nobody anticipated, even from a batter's perspective, like if you have a 95 mile per hour fastball whiz by your face and you just got out of the way, you have to step back in the box and get yeah, set yeah. fast. Like otherwise, yeah. it's 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 an infraction on you as a batter. And yeah. I, that just that's just baffling to me because yeah. can you imagine being shaken up from trying to dodge a fastball event and then being prepared to go hit a ball? Like it's right. almost like there's even more of a strategy at throwing a bean ball if you yeah. will, or just throwing yeah. a wild pitch because 
like you can almost psych that batter out and be ready for that next pitch and throw like one in the hole that's perfect yeah. ready to go. They're not really set and they're a little shaken. So you might even see more of that, I would feel yeah. like. Um which which to me is cool because you have a whole other level of strategy happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's just go down the American League and, and National League real quick. Just quick standings. Uh, Tampa Bay leading the American League East, undefeated, four and zero. Yankees right behind, three and one. Red Sox two and two. Orioles two and two. And the Blue Jays one and three. Uh, any surprises there? Are you surprised to see Tampa Bay up top? I'm not. Uh, you know, I think so. Yankees and Giants was a huge series to start off the season. Both teams. Uh, I think, you know, I think the Giants are a playoff team. I think the Yankees are obviously a playoff team. Uh, honestly, the series that surprised me most, most out of that division was the Orioles and Red Sox uh, and those teams going at it. The Orioles are a sneaky good baseball team, and I think folks realized it this weekend with the mm-hmm. way they played. Um, so I think that was interesting to watch. Uh, I think that whole division, like, there's a world in which, like, all of those teams, like, are over 500 and three of them are getting into the playoffs and you're looking at maybe the Red Sox sitting out and the Orioles sneaking in or something crazy like that. It's so close in that division. Uh, but Tampa Bay, huge team. I think they'll probably finish third at the end of the year. Uh, I think uh, Toronto and New York will be at the top of that division, but uh, it's tight and I think it's going to continue to be. Yeah. And another thing too, that you're going to see with this Orioles organization uh, specifically is they've got a lot of young talent in the minors that they're working up right now. I mean, they just signed a pitch. They just signed a catcher out of high school, like last summer in the draft. Uh, And he's, he's pretty incredible, but he's got to work his way up through the minors and you're going to see a lot more young talent uh, coming up through their organization and they're already pretty competitive. So yeah. Give them a couple of years and they could easily be competing for the East, if not this year. Like we could totally see yeah. them sneak in there. Uh, Tampa Bay, not a surprise. The Yankees, not a surprise. The return of Aaron Judge. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago on the show. We don't think Aaron Judge is going to have the same season, but he's still going to have a great season because he's Aaron freaking Judge. Am I right? Yeah. Um, going to AL Central, uh, the Twins up top, undefeated 4 0. Cleveland Guardians right behind with four wins and a single loss. Uh, Red Sox are two and or White Sox are two and three. Royals one and three. Detroit Tigers one and three. Uh, I'm not surprised about surprised about the bottom of the Central. Uh, Twins being four and zero. Like, hey, that's that's like pretty surprising. I I mean, I know that they're a great club, but sure. honestly, like, I don't know. That's just not one I would think of being undefeated or saying undefeated. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree. You know, I the question is, can the Joey Gallo magic? Ha- continue to exist for Minnesota, right? The dude's on base percentage right now is 357. He's got three home runs and seven RBIs so far this season. And we're talking about eight games, right? A guy that yeah. batted less, you know, lower than 200 last year, really struggled. He's a guy though, that the shift getting rid of the shift is, is really going to benefit him. The question is how far, how big of a bat can he be to sustain that Minnesota team? Cause they're going to need someone to step up. Yeah. After all, runs win games, and if they could continue to have the same kind of on-base percentage with this Twins organization, more guys on base means more runs. We've learned that. Thank you, Moneyball. Um, So, like, (laughs) so we we're really be really interested to see how competitive the offensive plays are in Central to help see who's going to stay on top between Cleveland or the Twins. I think it is. I mean, I think that's going to continue. Um, you know, both of them are on a four game win streak, Cleveland out the gate. They've lost their first initial game. Uh, you know, maybe it's just getting back into the swing of things, no pun intended, but I mean, since then they are four and oh, 
that's all that matters, you know, just keeping the strength alive. Um, Here's one that surprised me. Look to the West. Uh, The Rangers did take a, a, eventually took a loss uh, yesterday, but before that they were three and oh, they won their entire first uh, series. Uh, Not what I expected after all. Yeah. In the AL West, they've got the likes of the Los Angeles Angels. They've got the Houston Astros. Like, they've got some competitive clubs, yeah. including the former World Series champion. Uh, but yet, right now, they're seeing themselves on top. What do you think about this uh, Rangers organization with this new management that they have uh, in their clubhouse? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, if I'm a Rangers fan, I'm ecstatic. There's no way you think you go 3-0 and there. Um, you know, realistically, they're probably the third or maybe fourth best team in that division. Uh, but they're off to a hot start, and sometimes a hot start could carry you for a while. We'll see where they're at in about 27 more games. I think usually 30 games is a good barometer of where we are. Um, but getting off to a fast start is, is huge for them. Yeah, I mean, after all, I mean, these guys play so many games. So, like, if you have a hot streak for a week or two, that's that's great. But if you lose one or you lose, like, three or four, like, you can get those right back. Uh, yep. That's the beauty of baseball. It is, it is a marathon. Uh, let's switch gears over to the national league. Uh, not surprised by this one. Atlanta Braves on top of the NL East three and one Mets right behind them. Three and two, the Nats are one and three Marlins one and four, uh, and the Phillies biggest surprise thus far. Oh, and four, not a win for the world series runner up. Did the world series loss really hurt them that bad? What do you think is happening in Philadelphia? You know, I think it's still early. I, you know, again, it's early for Philadelphia. I think they'll be fine. Uh, there is a world. It seems there seems to be a World Series hangover there, right? It seems like they're licking their wounds, which they shouldn't, because no one expected them last year at the beginning of the year to be in the World Series in the first place. And, and you could probably. argue the same thing for the Astros, right? They're two and three. Yeah. So that's right. They're the cha- they're the World Series champs, and they got a slow start too. But yep. to see it see a winless Phillies was kind of surprising. It's, it's pretty it's pretty surprising. They went you know five days or whatever it is now without a win. Um, going down the list even further, um, the Reds three and one, right. Tied up with the Brewers three and one in, uh, the NL central St. Louis right behind. They took, uh, they took a loss last night. Um, that was game was not pretty. If you're a cards fan, uh, they are now two and two pirates, two and two and the Cubs one and three. Um, so the real question is, do we see the central, uh, division of the National League being as competitive as it was last year. I mean, it it seemed like it was kind of anyone's race. Do you yeah. think that's going to happen again this year? I do, with the exception of the Reds. I think the Reds will drop off. I think um, they're so going to – So you think they just gonna... had some dumb luck to get them started? Look, yeah, I watched the first game of the Reds, and it was awful. Hunter Green is your, like, ace, and he comes out and he lays an egg. I think Hunter Green eventually will be good. But, like, yeah. that game to me looked more like what I expected out of the Reds out of – than the next three. So I think they'll probably plummet, but I think all the other teams are going to be super competitive and close throughout. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the NL West Padres on top three and two tied with the Dodgers three and two. Uh, the giants are two and two diamondbacks, two and three, and the Rockies are two and three. What do you, what do you have to say about the NL West? Yeah, I would say uh, CJ Cron should be really happy. He's in uh, Colorado because he is hitting bombs. The uh, first baseman for the Colorado Rockies, uh, the most exciting player on their team. Uh, but, you know, we know it's down uh, to, I think for the division you're looking at, it's it's either San Diego, it's either Los Angeles. It shows that on the standings. 
I think the Giants could be a really good team. They were better than expected last year. Still think they're probably right around 500, which could get them in the playoffs. But I think those top two teams like showed their stuff this week. And I think they're going to continue. And the when you talked about the pitch clock already, like it's very possible that the adjustment to the pitch clock is reflected in these records. The teams that have adjusted mm. well to this new kind of speed of baseball are the ones that are able to take the wins because they're able to handle the pacing of it. I think, yeah. like you said, as guys get more conditioned uh, for the season and to these new rules and regulations, yeah. I think we'll start seeing like the true form of these clubs uh, and how they play out through the rest of the season. Uh, let's talk about one particular player in general. Shoei Otani, the man, the myth, the legend, the history-breaking World Baseball Classic winning, like, two-way player that is just a gem for the Angels. Um, I want to talk about what he's doing with, with that team, and I want to kind of speculate here. Here's the question. Is he the best, the greatest two-way player of all time? And do we think that is going to set the precedent for two-way players being more common in the future? Frosty, I know you have a lot to say on this. So I'll let you go first. What do you What do you think about that? Uh, so I think so. For me, it's really hard to go above Babe Ruth when you haven't been to the playoffs or really pitched well in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, right? So I think that's tough. I I think Shohei Otani will be up there, right? It's going to be a LeBron Michael Jordan conversation by the time it's career. It, it will be because they I, play absolutely. two different eras of baseball entirely. That's right. Yeah, like. When Babe Ruth was doing it, right, previously the most famous, probably still the most famous two-way player, right, Um, you know, a lot of guys were doing that. A lot of guys were pitching a ton. A lot of guys were hitting a ton. Uh, They're not doing it now, right? Shohei's the only one that's done it successfully uh, in a really long time. Uh, So completely different eras, but, like, the success of Babe Ruth, the mystique of Babe Ruth is really hard to overcome when you don't have any World Series rings. And so I think that, like, that's got to come off the board. I think it probably does when he signs with the Dodgers next year probably. Um, but like, I think, I think eventually he will, I think he's on pace to like be a once, once in a generation, once of all time player, a one of one. Yeah. A true one of one player. Indeed. I agree with that. I think, I think you're a hundred percent spot on with the comparison of, you know, this is like MJ LeBron, right? It's two different types of basketball, two different types of baseball. When you're looking at this modern day baseball, it's, it's just done so differently compared mm-hmm. to what it was back then. I mean, even the pitch clock, we, like that's just a huge change yeah. and that's brand new to baseball. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. He needs a ring to be able to say like, okay, he's one of the greatest, uh, you know, he might have a bunch of records to his name, but you have to win championships. Arguably mm-hmm. he has one with the world baseball classic now sure. finally under his belt, but let's see if he can win with a major league club. Let's see if he can bring home yeah. uh, the pennant and then the world series trophy right after that. I think no. that will help set him apart. And do we think Mike Trout and the rest of the Angels organization can help him achieve that goal this year? That's the question. Yeah. Mike Trout, definitely. Uh, the rest of the Angels organization is the problem, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, Anthony Rendon's a nice player. Uh, I like him. Uh, I like to see him hit. He hit a home run left-handed last year. Um, first ever at bat left-handed, but like, the Angels just don't give me great confidence. They haven't really in, you know, probably 15 years. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, again, I see these two guys who were champions for their country in the World Baseball Classic just weeks ago now on the same team. They were opponents yeah. 
they were still teammates, but they were opponents sure. fighting against each other. They were leading both those teams. Mike Trout did an amazing job as the USA captain. Yeah. Uh, it came down incredible. to them. Yeah, it, it did. And now you see both of them on the same team. Like, yeah. like yes, baseball is a team sport. Uh, Jason Wright, it could happen. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, baseball is a team sport, so it's going to come down to all nine guys. It's going to come down to the bullpen, how the rest of the bullpen plays. Uh-huh. Otani can't pitch every game. It's true. No, um, no although and, it shows they can close the game if they need it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's true. But, I mean, like, it's it's going to come down to the entire organization, how well the cylinders fire across the entire yeah. engine or the entire machine yeah. of the Angels team. So, uh <laughs> Jason Wright saying, hey, Frosty, stand up and flap those wings, baby. That's what he's saying. That's great. <laughs> I, I, I see it. it. I, I love it. it. I was trying to show my boys that movie the other day. It's not on Disney Plus or, like, digital at all. That surprises me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a classic. But anyway, like, <sighs> I think I agree with you on one thing overall tonight, and that is it's still too soon to tell, but yeah, it's it just goes to show that this season is going to be different for sure. Yeah. And I yeah, think it's a great all- prelude. Yeah, I think by the All Star break, we're gonna look back and we're just gonna be like, this season has been like unlike anything else in baseball we've seen in mm-hmm. a long time. Because yep. I do think it's getting its spark back. I do think people are coming back around to it. Um, and we'll we'll just continue to see how this how this clock, you know, simple yeah. change makes such a big difference. Now, one thing I want to talk about too. Uh, Peanut says, go Cubbies all the way. I'll say, hey, you better keep cheering for those Cubbies. They need your help. Um, BC Lion, golf. Hmm, okay. Um, Yeah, Masters is right around the corner. We should talk about that later. Uh, But uh, one thing I do want to address real quick is with us seeing this, like, rapid, like, come back home to baseball, come back to baseball being the the pastime uh, for American sports, do we need to see a change in minor leagues to be mm. able to reflect that same kind of passion? Because I feel like minor leagues has been kind of dead for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't think it has its spark. Do yeah. you think there needs to be some kind of change there as well, in, a, in addition to the other role changes they're making to uh, try to pair themselves to be like the MLB? Do they need additional things to help make it exciting? Probably. Uh, you know, it's minor league baseball interests me. Um, and the fact that like it has it has a problem that everyone else has solved and it is the solution that every other league is looking for. Uh, every league, the NFL, NBA have been trying to come up with their own minor league system. Right. Yeah. Uh, you got the G League, you got the NFL partnering with the XFL and trying to figure their own stuff out with NFL Europe. Um, but then like you also have guys coming straight out of the draft and playing right away. Right. I have MLB TV. And they showed uh, Jackson Holiday, who was the number one pick in the draft last year, right, mm, for Major League yeah. Baseball. We won't see that guy until 25, 26, 27. Right. Right? Um, so I think we got to figure something out about that. I think, you know, traditionally, uh, baseball has used the minor league system, although congratulations to the minor league players for unionizing and getting their first contract and getting like, a huge pay bump. I think that's great for them. I mean, I um, honestly think that will help it be more competitive because mm-hmm. how many guys drop out of baseball – because yeah. they're in single A or double A and they're just not getting paid enough to feed their family right. or follow their dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look at like a Russell Wilson, right. Who got offered a like $2 million bonus to sign with a major league baseball team out of college and then make, you know, pennies or go make millions right away in the NFL. What are you going to choose? 
Yeah. Right. Tom, Tom Brady, time. same thing. Like Tom Brady played for the Expos, then left because like baseball doesn't have yeah. money. Football does. Yep. Uh, Drew Henson and, did the same thing. Yeah. It just over and over and over again. You see it time and time again. Uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes was a baseball player. And mm-hmm. like, I imagine he would probably still be an incredible baseball athlete. Yeah. Uh, had he stuck with baseball, but obviously he followed the money. Uh, yeah. Another guy we're going to talk about on the show was a two-way player between uh, the NFL and MLB. And he ended up kind of landing in the football space because of money. That's where it's at. So yeah. I think I think money is a great asset that like, could help minor league baseball be yeah. better. Um, another thing I think would help fans, mm-hmm. and this is just me personally. I don't know how they're going to make this happen, but if they were to k- trim down the roster size that you're allowed to have mm-hmm. – for major league baseball to force a rotation uh, yeah. of major league players on these minor league teams. One, I think that does two things. It gets fans excited, like local fans excited for these uh, minor league teams to be able to see these big stars play down or whatever, uh, or at least these average stars who could easily be playing in the major league uh, baseball yeah. uh, realm. I think it makes it exciting for them, but two, you're also getting the opportunity for these AAA players to be able to like work with some of these athletes to figure out what it, absolutely what they need to be mentored to get to that level uh, i think yeah. that would help it may be more competitive if we, if we see that happening yeah um going over to the comments here eeyore jameson says tell that to the savannah bananas 100 what they are doing with baseball and entertainment is is exciting and peanut chimed in and said that that's the model that fan control baseball needs to have what do you think? Like, do they need that kind of element for minor league baseball or is that too showy for you? Like, what do you think? It's, it's too much. So, you know, I think the, you know, Savannah bananas history is interesting. They're not minor. They're not a minor league baseball mm-hmm. team, right? They're an independent league they're baseball not. team. Um, but yeah, like the Harlem Glo- globe trotters are nice, but I don't want fan control the hoops to be the Harlem globe trotters. Right. It's the same, same way I feel about the Savannah bananas and fan control mm-hmm. baseball. Right. If you're doing it, I think you got to take it seriously. I think you got to like, Elevate the game. I love seeing people swing bats that are on fire, um, but I don't need to see that every game. Love yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. But I love the Savannah Bananas. I watch all their stuff on YouTube. I'm so glad their games are on YouTube this year. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I have a great time. Their marketing is genius, bar none. Yeah. And they're taking um, their show on the road. Like they're touring they the are. US this year, which is super cool. We tried to sign up for their uh, wait list because they're going to be here in Indiana. Okay. Um, the wait list, they said, good news, you're number 68,000. But the pre the like early access list before you is 260,000. And then you got to wait another 60,000. So like what? what they're doing is working. And it's exciting. Yeah, apparently it's if it's getting that kind of draw. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. 260,000 yeah. fans yeah. dying to get in and watch that game. See, and again, like it just goes to show that there are lots of fans of baseball and they're equally fans of entertainment. So – with that said, and this might be a topic for future weeks, another sh- another time on the show, but what is fan control of baseball? If it mm-hmm. if it were to ever become a thing, what mm-hmm. would it need to draw in fans like the bananas uh, and to help set a precedent, set that bar uh, for fans around the world? Well, we're going to pick up that topic next week. I think I think that's a great Ooh, topic to have. I'm in. I'm in. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's continue on with the rest of the sports. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. Let's cut over to some college football. Uh, Jared and I says football. Don't worry. We got you. We're going to talk football right now. And this is that two-way player we were talking about before. He played in Major League Baseball. He's also played in the NFL. And we are talking about primetime himself, the man, the myth, the legend, and now the coach for the Colorado Buffaloes, Deion Sanders. There has been so much hype 
around Deion Sanders coming to Colorado. Did you see the numbers that they have for their spring game? No. All right. So check this out. Um, I saw this the other day. I'm gonna pull up the exact number because the it's just it's just it's staggering. Um, let's see if I can find it. The Colorado Buffaloes. This is on uh, Ashton Sports and or uh, MSN Sports. They they shared it. Okay. Um, the Colorado Buffaloes have not even played a regular season game with Deion Sanders as their coach. He's only been there a couple months. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement. They're recruiting players. People are using the transfer portal to jump over to join Colorado. Uh, but they now have officially sold out their spring game. Wow. Nearly 40,000 fans are going to pack that stadium. 40,000 for a spring wow. game, April 22. Uh, just to let you know, uh, previous spring games yeah, for, for this organization averages about 3,000 fans. Oh, my gosh. That's that was wow. what last year's uh total was. Um, yeah. so here's the question there's obviously a lot of hype. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Overall attendance for the day is gonna be 45,000 uh, for this premium event. Uh, largest attended game in CU history, uh, with the previous spring game record coming in 2008 was 17,800. That was the wow. last big spring game, but the average is about 3,000. Uh, students. So this is what I want to address here. What do you think about this? Do you think Dion is all hype? Do you think there's enough evidence there from what we've seen of him coaching at Jackson state? Mm -hmm. Like, is there enough evidence to say that he's going to bring that championship destiny, that, that mm -hmm. legacy of bowl wins for Colorado? Like is Dion that man? Is he that guy? What do you think? You know, I'm in on Dion. Uh, I thought he was great at Jackson State. I thought, you know, we didn't see a ton because he wasn't there long. But what we did see was great. But honestly, in college football, what matters is having the best players. And I think Dion's energy is going to help bring a ton of players to see you. They already have a sneaky good alum association, right? Like some good players have come out of Colorado, right? And so I think that, like, you can put those things together. And I think, yeah, I think that he can turn that, that organization around. I think he can turn that school around. Yeah. The Pac-12 is weaker than it's been in a while. Right. And so I think mm -hmm. that like they're they're prime for him to jump. So I'm all in. Like, let's let's see what Dion can do. I think I think he's the guy for the job. I 100% agree. Um, he's prime time and and he is super yeah. inspirational. He's super passionate. I love what he did with Jackson State. Yeah. Um, but to see him take over a big school like Colorado, like it just gets me excited because if he can help the Pac-12 be competitive again not to say that they're not competitive but with the likes of uh the big 12 and the acc and the sec i feel like they are in, in the big 10 for that matter like if yeah. i'm looking at the yeah. top power five conferences pac 12 is at the bottom of those power five yeah they're, they're, they're yeah. at the bottom and not to say that schools like usc and ucla are bad schools they're great schools they're great programs or oregon so, so oregon yeah. oregon's great too uh, Oregon's like they're they're all great clubs, they're all great schools, but uh, they're just not Alabama, they're not Auburn. That's right. 
Um, they're not Notre Dame, which Notre Dame is just kind of floating around independent, but they're still, I feel like, better right. than any of the uh, Pac-12 schools. So yeah. does this change precedent for the Pac-12? That's what I guess I'm most excited about because if they can continue to win, if they can continue to bring talent across the Pac-12, um, dude, I think that's that's a win for college football yeah. across the board. Um, and I'll tell you, the, the one thing I think that's changed for and why this is the perfect moment for Dion, the introduction of the NIL. Like, NIL is all about marketing, and if you can somehow tie your NIL organization to Deion Sanders' program, it's a win-win for you. So it's going to bring in more money for players as well, which is, again, going to just feed the cycle. 100%. So not only do they have license deals for players that they can get, but they also have loosened up the rules and restrictions on the transfer portal even further. That's right. So a man like Deion Sanders, he is a connector. He is a yep. recruiter. He's going to single-handedly be able to recruit a lot of crazy talent to Colorado and to the Pac-12 inevitably because ultimately there's going to be a competition for people who can play at Colorado. And if they don't if they don't land in Colorado, there's other Pac-12 schools that will say, hey, that's we right. will give you the same deal, if not better, and you can be in this conference and you can make a name for yourself. Like That's going to happen. There's going to yep. be guys that go to UCLA and USC and Oregon that they had their sights on Colorado – yeah. But they ended up falling through, and they're going to land on one of these other schools and have just as great of an opportunity at those schools Absolutely. because of NIL. So yep. it's it's exciting. It's exciting, man. I do think I do think this is going to be the telltale year because if he's not – unfortunately, like I know like it's only one season that he'll be able to like really show off, but I think people are going to either buy all in to Dion in this narrative or he's going to like shoot himself in the foot and be like, yeah. you know, it's going to be a fluke season. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, side note, I'm trying to, do they have this Colorado schedule posted? Let me see if they do. Um, Cause I'm, I'm really curious to see if they're playing the Horn Frogs again this year. Colorado. Sorry guys trying to see if it has been posted so they are they are they're doing this that's their first game of the year uh so actually check out this wow. this is their schedule uh they have black and gold day that's their that's their spring game april 22nd oh. so that's in a few weeks and we're going to get a good taste of how good this team is have a spring game first game away in fort worth uh september 2nd uh then the week after that they're playing at home against nebraska then Colorado State got a rivalry game that third week. Then Oregon week four, USC week five, Arizona State week six. Um, so I mean they've got a pretty competitive schedule the first six weeks of the year. Yeah, there's there's say. not a lot of fluff there. No, I mean going up against the number two team in the nation, like yeah, like TCU, they got the pants beat off yeah. of them by Georgia. It's no surprise, but like yeah, that organization with Sonny Dykes has a lot to say for themselves because they're trying to come back, Absolutely. And, come back and say, we're Absolutely. just as good this year. Uh, Nebraska is trying to make a name for themselves. Oregon is trying to make a name for themselves. Like, so it'll be, it'll be crazy. And we will learn real quick if primetime is the real deal. Yeah. So man, that's exciting. Switching over to the other football. Um, yeah. And uh, I just realized I didn't load in this one piece, but that's perfectly fine. Uh, Kona Calf Champions League. Uh, if you're not a soccer fan, like you can tune out for the next two minutes. But 
Kona Cup Champions League is happening. Quarterfinals tonight at 7 p.m. Central, so 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Uh, Philadelphia Union, the runner-ups for the MLS Cup, they're actually still competing along with two other MLS teams in this cup in the quarterfinals. Um, LA FC is in it, and so is the Whitecaps. Um, so they actually have quite a bit of, of you know, MLS teams or U.S. team representation here. Um, but what we're starting to see is the entire CONACAF is getting super competitive. If you don't know what CONACAF is, it is basically all of Central and North America. So everything going through Central America, Canada, North America, Mexico, all of those leagues are competing in here in what is like our version of the European uh the European uh, champions, champions champions league. league. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure over these next couple of years between these national teams and these club leagues, because after all the U S is hosting the world cup with Canada and Mexico in 2026. That's just three years away. So a lot of these champions league uh, teams right now have players that are prospectively playing for their national teams and trying to, find a place in the world cup in three years. Uh, so yeah. it's super exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to bring this up because I feel like soccer is starting to take off in the U S and I think in 2026, it's going to be even bigger. Um, you were right by the way, about one thing two weeks ago, you said yeah. the Columbus crew were going to come out swinging. I think that weekend they upset Atlanta and then they won again last weekend. So yep. now they're on. It'd be Atlanta six to one. Yeah, I know. I was it six was to one. It was bad. I mean, to be fair, a lot of starters for Atlanta were playing for their uh, national teams that weekend because it yeah, was a yeah. national weekend. But it didn't matter. Like Columbus, like six goals, six goals. Yeah, six goals is impressive, especially yeah. against one of the best teams in the East. Um, so I don't know. Like, do you have Connor says soccer's pretty trash though. I mean, I don't know, man. Soccer's kind of. I enjoy off. it. I enjoy uh, it, honestly. It's, it's growing, man. It's growing. Uh, Frosty, do you have any insight on any of this stuff? Or, like, like what are some of your observations around around this? Uh, I really like the CONCACAF. I think it, it really is the only current measuring stick we have of MLS. And I think uh, the fact that it's becoming more competitive um, means that MLS is getting better, uh, which is good for us, right? It's, it's raising the talent of our league. Um, so... That I'm excited about. You know, I'm sad that LAFC and the Whitecaps are facing off against each other because that means only one of them can move on, right? And I want all three MLS teams to move on, even though I would never root for LAFC outside of this. Uh, but so, um, yeah. but I think it's a great measuring stick. And it, you know, even though not a lot of folks who are like casual guys, uh, casual fans of soccer pay attention to it, I think for like hardcore fans and folks that have been following MLS since like '96, mm -hmm. it shows that all the work going in is paying off. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Um, one of the things I think super interesting is there was only one East team represented here, and that was Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Atlanta, LAFC, and Vancouver were all West clubs. There's Those three are still in it, or those two are still in it. Atlanta got eliminated. Philadelphia is still in it. Um, so it'll be really interesting to kind of see how, how this plays off. Other clubs include uh, Atlas, Lyon, um, Violet, uh, Tigres, uh, Montagua. Uh, those are some powerhouse clubs for their representative leagues. 
And yeah. I mean, it's just those eight teams at this point. Then we go to semifinals uh, later on in the month and then finals are in June or at the end of May and June. So uh, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to come up fast. Uh, and this is all while national is playing too. Like national teams are playing in yeah. for Coca Calf uh, Cup as well. So it's it's just pure chaos. Uh, right I wish now. other sports did this. How cool would it be to have like have World Baseball Classic throughout the year, like right, just like these, the season. Yeah, but these like clubs, like the Yankees taking on like the best teams in Japan, and you know what I mean, or like oh yeah, dude, or, I like, would love like, that. Yeah, yeah, or you get like Tom Brady in his heyday driving. You know, flying over to Europe to play against some of the best teams in Europe with the with the Patriots, that'd be awesome to watch. It's it's a unique soccer thing, but I wish we did it more sports. Um, Connor over on uh, Twitch is talking about how uh, he says we're really chill, but he wants to know what our thoughts are on Jacob Schaffelberg, uh, who is a uh, Canadian uh, professional soccer player who now plays for Nashville SC and the Canadian national team. Uh, wants to know our thoughts on him. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of what he's put together this season. Uh, I will say that um, Nashville as a whole uh, is doing really well. This is his second season with Nashville. Last year he was on a loan to Nashville. He was playing with Toronto. Uh, then he got loaned to Nashville. Uh, and then this year he's already had five appearances, five appearances and two goals. So, I mean, for this season to be early on, for him to already have two goals, I would say that's really impressive. That's a great start for Schaffelberg. Um, and he, I mean, he just officially joined the team in August is when he signed on for the remainder of the season and then was a permanent addition to Nashville. So I would say it's pretty good, and we'll see kind of what Nashville uh, does. Uh, they are They did really well last year in the playoffs. I honestly thought that they had a shot um at making it to the to the cup they were one of the final eight teams uh to to make to make it um right now they are sitting mid table which is pretty good but yeah it's still early it's just like just like baseball right um mm. i don't know what are your thoughts yeah, yeah i mean the other the other thing about shavelberg that folks don't realize like i think a lot of folks don't realize that canadian national team is sneaky good so yeah. to make that squad is it really says something about a player's quality because Canada is a really up and coming national squad. Well, and and again, they they them the U.S. and Mexico they kind of have to be because they're all co-hosting the World Cup. Yeah, and I think that they are bringing in a lot of young talent and they're bringing up a lot of a lot of talented players uh, that are playing overseas and even here in the MLS. Um, yeah, they are having players. Uh, really start to show that they are just as good as the rest of the world. That's mm -hmm. why you have guys from the Premier League or from other big European leagues picking up players from Canada and the U.S. Yep. Uh, and then those players end up playing for for their team. But Nashville City number five in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they are tied with Columbus. Not for long. <laughs> I know you're a Columbus fan, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm excited for MLS. I love watching every week. So, yeah, exciting. And I'm gonna try to go catch the game here in a little bit for uh, for Philadelphia. We'll see how they do in Concacaf. Anyway, uh, moving on to our next topic of the night, and that is the NBA. Um, the season is rapidly approaching its end. 
we are starting to get down to the wire. And, man, I've got to say this year is super exciting because there are a lot of teams that are still in this playoff race. Yes. Um, starting with the Eastern Conference, I mean, again, there's only eight teams per uh, East or West are going to make it. With the East Conference, the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavaliers, and Knicks have already clinched. There's only three spots left. So it feels like the, the door is pretty much closed on uh, on the East, on the Eastern Conference. One thing that is a huge surprise to me is that the most mid-tier team in the entire NBA, the Atlanta Hawks, 39 and 39, are oh. that eighth seed. Like they have a chance to be in the in the playoffs with a you know equal record. They might actually yeah. go to the playoffs with a 50-50 record, which is crazy. And then over yeah. in the Western Conference, only three teams have clinched: the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, and the Kings. Um, yeah. The Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Pels, uh, all close to there behind, and the many others. So let's dive in. I want to know your predictions on what's going to happen with the Eastern Conference. We have five teams locked in. Who yeah. do we see uh, taking those final three spots? Do we think it's going to stay status quo with Nets, Heat, Hawks taking it? Or do we see a jump here uh, from one of these other teams like the Raptors, Bulls, or Wizards? Yeah, honestly, you know, uh, I, I think the Bulls are going to move in. I think they're going to take that eighth spot. Um a little bit of a bold prediction, but I think they're hot at the right moment. You know, I think it went something like seven out of the last 10 games. So if, uh, you know, so have the Raptors, but I just, for some reason, I got a good feeling. I think the bulls are moving on. I think they're going to get their sneak in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your Indiana Pacers, I mean, they could easily sneak in They're They're only five yeah. games behind and five games is, is really is, it isn't a whole lot of wins. Like just it's run not. a streak the rest yeah. of the season, run the table and yeah. they're in. I really feel like yeah. the Pacers could do that. Um, yeah, I'm ho I'm really hoping for you know 2025 or so for that team. So yeah, uh, do they still have Oladipo playing for the Pacers? Who did he? He got moved, right? Yeah, he's uh, is he in Miami he now? now? I think he's in is Miami. He from okay, yeah, I was, at least that's where he went. That's where he went originally. I don't know if he's still there. Okay, gotcha. I liked Victor Oladipo in Indiana. You know, played at IU. It's a good player. Yeah, I uh, I watched him play for the Thunder. So did he come from the Pacers to the Thunder, or did he leave the Thunder and go back to Indiana? I can't remember. No, uh, he left Indiana, went to – no, yeah. No, he went to to Indiana from the Thunder. Yeah, yeah. So he was, he was one of my favorites uh, to watch. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I think – I think the Nets organization yeah. is a mess. I'm surprised that they're the sixth seed, but uh, the Heat definitely, I think they're going to make it hands down. I think the race right now is between Bulls, Raptors, or Hawks. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think the Nets and Heat are going to make it. Um, I think they're going to get that clinch any day now. Uh, the real question is, is the Hawks can't be mid and win, like make it to the playoffs. But yeah. I know someone who would say, let's go Hawks. And that's AJ King call himself. Who's another. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I mean, another team that's mid right now, Toronto, they're 39 and 39 as well. So, I mean, we'll see who can put together some wins at the end of the season. Um, Honestly, the most shocking thing about the standings to me is that the Nets and the Suns have the same exact record. Like what are the odds given where those franchises were a couple months ago that they'd have the same record? You know? Right, right, and and that's the crazy part too. 
The Nets are 43 and 35 in the sixth seed. Yeah. But the Suns are 43 and 35 in the four seed. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, the so who's better, the East or the West? They have more teams that have clinched in the East and they have more wins happening over in the East. Or are we just saying that the West is more competitive and that's why we have that? Uh, Jay Spacely over in the chat on uh, over in the chat on Twitch.tv is saying, "Do we think the Warriors slip out of the playoffs?" <sighs> it's it's hard to say. I personally don't think the Warriors slip. I really don't. Unless they continue a losing streak, they they only have one loss right now to their name. Uh, I would be more worried about the Clippers. The Clippers are in the five seed. They've lost two straight. If they continue on this downward spiral, they will easily get passed by the Warriors and the Lakers and then be battling for that eight seed is what could end up happening. Um, but one team that's just – it's just super weird to me, especially because of the precarious situation with draft picks. The Oklahoma City Thunder have it every right in their mind to want to throw away the rest of the season, go for that number one draft pick. That is long gone. They've been competing for the playoffs. They are not trying to yeah. tank their season to get a pick. At this point, they're going to get a middle of the road first round draft pick and a bunch of them. Uh, the Rockets, I think, clearly have that locked down uh, for that number one draft pick with 19 wins and 60 losses. I don't think it gets much worse than that. Um, yeah. And so... Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm interested to see who's going to be in that eight seed. The Lakers in the, in the Pels are tied seventh and eighth seed 40 wins, 38 losses. Timberwolves are 39 and 40 and the Thunder are 38 and 41. That is all a two game span. Yeah. Yeah. That's two games. That goes all the way down to the, to the 10 seed. And then the Mavs are trying to put something together late in the season too. Um, they're they're right behind the Thunder, thirty-seven and forty-two. They're going to make a run. Luca is going to try to step up and make some play happen. Uh, and they're going to try to figure it out with Kyrie. Um, dude, the West just has me all sorts of confused. I don't know who's going to make it. I want to know your thoughts. What's really what's really hard about the West for me is the teams that are left that are battling. I don't have great faith in any of them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like none of them yeah. give me great confidence. I guess like for me, I think so. I think the two teams that I'm most confident in the players that they have as far as their pedigree are the Warriors and the Lakers. I think those hmm. two teams get in. Right. right. Um, the question is, and like the Lakers are hitting at the right time. You know, I think you know so, sometimes you wonder, did they save it all up for right now? Like, was yeah. this the plan? Did they, like, flip the switch and turn it on? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think they have to. Because last yeah. year, they didn't even make the playoffs. Right. And they have LeBron James. There's no That's excuse. Right. There's no excuse. When you have LeBron James on your team, you 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 need yeah. to make the playoffs. You're paying that yeah. kind of money for that, that player pool. Anthony Davis, you have that guy on your team with LeBron James, and you don't make the playoffs, there's no excuses. So yeah. I think they're kind of in that like, oh, we better we better show up and make it. We and then they and then spot. they added Westbrook, right? They have Westbrook. On they had Westbrook, now. but now he plays for the Clippers. So he got oh, that's traded. right, he got traded. That's uh, right, so he, he got traded. So he's playing for the Clippers, um, which is honestly a better spot for him anyway. Reuniting with Paul George, his former Thunder yeah. teammate, uh, yeah. and also uh, Kawhi Leonard. So like, I yep. feel like the Clippers they shouldn't be losing games either, although they are kind of played with injuries right now. Westbrook mm -hmm. has been kind of carrying the torch over there, 
surprising enough. And he's really mm-hmm. great at leading the game with that one V five ball like he is. But um, so we'll see if the Clippers are able to maintain. Uh, I don't think the Clippers lose enough to slip out, but I do think they could drop to the eight seed and then we'll see them facing off against, you know, the nuggets or Grizzlies, whoever ends mm-hmm. up on top, probably the nuggets. And uh, yeah, I honestly, at this point, I think the teams that, that are going to drop, I think the Pels are going to drop. That's what I think. I think the yeah. Warriors could drop if they continue to lose games and the Lakers continue to win games. I think they'll drop out. Uh, Timberwolves, they are starting to get healthy again. They're starting to, they just brought back Carl Anthony mm-hmm. Towns. He's back. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Phenomenal. Timberwolves. Yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, so we're going to start seeing the T-Wolves make a run, although they are three losses in on the streak right now. Uh, like, like if I'm looking at this, Lakers have this a three-win streak. Lakers have a three-win streak uh, in the seventh seed, tied with the eighth seed, uh, which is the Pelicans. They have a two-win streak. Here's the 9, 10, and 11. Timberwolves, three losses in a row. Thunder, two losses in a row. Mavs, three losses in a row. Jazz, two losses in a row. That's, that's nine through 12 right there. So those are all the teams that are competing for the eighth spot, and they're just tanking. So yeah. if that continues to happen, you know, who knows, man? Yeah. No, I, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. I, I tend to agree. I think the Timberwolves are going to sneak in. I think that they might get that eight seed. Um, that's, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. I have a ton of respect for the guy. I think he's a great player. I think they probably find a way to get in. Yeah. I mean, right now they're, they're playing the Nets right now. Uh, they're in the first quarter. They're only down to point 18 to 19. They've got the Spurs uh, in their next game. I think that's a win. The Spurs only have a 20 and 58 record and then they play the Pels. So that's a, that's a huge flipping game right there where they could easily flip spots. Like if, if T wolves win out against the nets, the Spurs, and then beat the Pelicans, that is on a, they're on a three win streak at that point. If the Pelicans can't perform, then they easily flip spots because yep. Pelicans are right there on the cusp with that eight seed. Yeah. So man, it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. So, uh, I don't know what you guys are doing. If you guys are like sad that March Madness is over, um, guys, NBA is heating up. It is exciting. So uh, very excited to kind of see that play through. All right, let's move over into our entertainment news real quick. We've got some big ones. We're going to talk some, talk some movies. The first one I want to talk about is a trailer that just dropped DC is trying to come back. They're trying to start all over with the brand new uh, DCU um, cinematic universe for DC. And the blue beetle is, is on. Hold on one second. The blue beetle, they just dropped a trailer for it. And I got to say, I, I've always been hesitant of DC stuff because I'm a huge Marvel junkie. And there are several DC movies that I have let me down. One movie that has not let me down in the DC universe was Shazam. And whenever I saw the Blue Beetle trailer, I had mm. mad Shazam vibes. Mm-hmm. Mad Shazam vibes. So I want to know, like, what do you think about the Blue Beetle? Do you think this movie is going to really hit it off this summer? Yeah, I do. I was That trailer was awesome. If you haven't seen the trailer, go to YouTube, check it out. Uh, it's starring, uh, I can't remember the young man's name who was in uh, Cobra Kai. 
Uh, he's the Blue Beetle. Um, but yeah, it looked funny. It looked exciting. You know, it's a younger cast, right? Because he's a high schooler. Uh, it's a mostly a cast of color and Latino, which I think is really exciting. It didn't feel like Justice League and Drab, right? Like a lot of people complained about it. It looked fun and kind of airy uh, and exciting. Uh, the the special effects look good. I think this is going to be a great movie, and I think it's a, it's good. It's a good move to kick off the DCU with a like the new iteration with a superhero that isn't Superman, that isn't Batman, right? That isn't one of these big guys, but instead it's one of those kind of Iron Man level characters, right? Just like Marvel did. So yeah, yeah. I I think Blue Beetle is is probably going to be up there for me with Shazam. It's very similar. It's a it's a nobody to superhero story, total fluke thing, kind of falls into it. And I think this is almost like a combination of like Ant-Man, Iron Man vibes meets Shazam, if you will. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it's this guy who stumbles into powers, but he's got this really awesome mech suit that almost looks like almost looks like a Spider-Man like Infinity War type suit. It really um, did. Yeah. And and one of my favorite things from the trailer, honestly that I thought was just super funny was like, there's this AI voice uh, that is, he's always talking to that is the beetle itself or is the, yeah. is the, is the, the suit. And dude, yeah. this it's hilarious. The scarab and the interactions that they have. There's, there's a moment in the trailer where she's like, Hey, you can make anything. Like I can help you create anything. And he like builds this giant sword. It's like, Oh, excellent choice. Like the AI is like yeah, complimenting yeah. it. And I was like, dude, that's, that's great. That's hilarious. And so, oh. um, dude, hopefully, hopefully we have a lot of that, like kind of comedy humor stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I like about MCU, some of my favorite franchises in there are Thor lately with with taika and what he's done with the thor series mm -hmm. and then also guardians of the galaxy and i think the reason yeah. why is they kind of have that humor aspect as well yeah. as all the action and, and intense story you have that yeah. in shazam i like shazam mm -hmm. a lot yeah. and it looks like you're gonna have that with the blue beetle so mm -hmm. i'm excited about this movie um, yeah and it leads it could lead to a brewster gold team up movie where it's just a funny buddy cop type atmosphere in those comics so like I think it's a great start, dude, for sure. And and uh, there's still like the verdict is still out on if the DCCU is gonna be enough to like rekindle this this fandom, I guess, for casual comic book fans. Like, I think those yeah. diehard fans are are there. The diehard fans are always gonna follow DCU, just like the diehard Marvel fans are always gonna follow Marvel, even if it starts yep. to kind of dip. Uh, but I think. I think what we're going to see is Flashpoint is going to be make or break for for DC and Blue Beetle. If these two movies yeah. come out swinging, and from what I can tell, Flashpoint looks amazing. The new Flash Mike, movie looks solid. Michael Keaton's going to carry that movie, I think. Dude, I, I think so, too. The star power of bringing yeah. Michael Keaton back and then the crossing of universes, like, that's huge. And I know there's a lot of other stuff yeah. they're keeping close to their chest, too. But, like, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that helps Marvel do so well. And I think DC is kind of taking a play from their book, if you will, and starting to put those pieces together. And I, yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great because more good superhero movies, just it, honestly, at the end of the day, it just means more, uh, more quality content across the board for nerds like me. And I yep. want quality content. I don't want, you know, dragging storylines. Um, yeah. 
So we will uh, we'll see. Um, here's my question though: Do you think Blue Beetle is going to be as successful as Shazam? Uh, I actually think it's going to be more successful than Shazam. Do you think it's because of the representation, the multicultural thing? Do you think it's because, like, what, 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 what do you think it is? Do you think it is that yeah. piece, or do you think it's something else? So I think it's 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 two things. I think the representation is a huge part of it. Really, it's like our first mainstream Latino superhero, and I think that's a big deal. Um, Which Black Adam, others, I mean, it had the same thing. It's like the first big mainstream Persian superhero. That's right. Um, so I think that's part of it. Also, the excitement around folks knowing this is the first movie of the new era will bring them out to give it a chance. So I think for those two reasons, I think this movie might be um, almost not quite as successful as Wonder Woman was, but up in that range. I think it's going to be a really successful movie. For sure. I, I agree, man. I agree. And uh, I mean, Shazam 2, uh, from what I heard, was phenomenal. It did a really yeah. good job. I haven't gotten to see it yet, but I yeah. love the first one. I'm going to go see the second one. Uh, but now I'm getting falling behind in movies because we're about to talk about there's a lot more happening in movies as well. Uh, kicking over to Freddie Airmill, uh, he said he was sad we weren't talking about the new Barbie movie trailer. Um, yeah. thinking that was here. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but he said extended universes are just the same thing as a gazillion sequels, but in a way that doesn't feel as stale as quickly and people eat it up. I mean. Yes and no. I think one thing that Marvel is starting to realize is that they are trying to put too much out there at once. Like with Disney Plus, they're releasing so many different shows and so many different yeah. movies. And I think they're they're realizing with Star Wars, like, hey, let's slow it down a little bit. And I think they're going to start yeah. doing that with with Marvel. But there's just so many stories to tell in uh, in the Marvel universe. So we'll see kind of the pacing in which the DCCU releases this stuff. And that to me is what's going to make it feel fresh and exciting compared to yeah. just like, Oh, this is getting old. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, speaking of star Wars, we're going to move over into our, our next topic. And that was, this is that Monday yesterday. Uh, well, I'll take it back even further. Last week, I have a friend of mine who is a star Wars YouTuber uh, he goes by the name of Battlefront Updates. Shout out to my boy Elliot. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Uh, I got a tweet from him that he was actually like flying international. I was like, oh man, what is he up to? Like, I had a feeling that he was up to something. He yeah. and several other Star Wars YouTubers were flown out to LA last week to go play the new Jedi Survivor game. They got to nice. play three hours of it, uh, yeah. along with a lot of other Star Wars YouTubers, and they were all able to play the game get some insight on the game and then come back and they were able to kind of have an embargo time yesterday to release their thoughts on yes. playing the game three hours in. And so that's all over YouTube now. Like you can go to Battlefront Updates, you can go to Star Wars Explained, you can go to like you name a Star Wars YouTuber that is in gaming and they were there, I promise you. Um And they, they have some stuff. So go look it up. You will be able to see some new gameplay footage that we haven't seen like IGN released, like I think a five minute clip of video footage. There's like 40 minutes of video footage out there without spoilers on story and stuff. Um, that is there for you guys to kind of take a peek at in terms of like combat mechanics and just overall, just like there's just, just a lot. There's a lot. Um, and so 
I wanted to bring that up on the show because I am a huge Star Wars fan. I was a huge fan of the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order uh, when it came out. And then this game literally comes out in four weeks. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. Frosty, did you play Fallen Order at all? I did. I went straight through it, beat it as soon as it came out. Love nice. that game. Do you Love see yourself picking up uh, Survivor? Oh, yeah. I already pre-ordered it. I can't, like, I cannot wait for this game. And, like, all the things we've said, we've heard about it so far since the embargo lifted, it sounds phenomenal. I cannot wait. Bigger, better, badder. Cal Kestis, one of the coolest, like, newer heroes in the Star Wars universe. Mm. Uh, I'm super excited. For, I'm over the moon excited for this. The three takeaways. Yeah, yeah. The three, <laughs> exactly. That's a good one. The three <laughs> takeaways that we're hearing so far from the embargo, just to quickly sum it up, but you can go research more of it if you want. And this is this is just... Things we've seen that are not story spoiler based. So like I'm not gonna like spoil like the plot at all. But we're seeing a larger open world environment, more to explore, more to do, uh, which is which is always great because I love open world like yeah. exploration games. Like I love Breath of the Wild, I love that kind of feel. And to me, this game feels like Zelda meets Star Wars because there's all these different puzzles and things to explore, yeah. and there's they're saying there's more of that, which is exciting. Two, combat is so different and so intense, and it's a lot of the same stuff. They haven't changed any mechanics. They just added to it. So it's not so much like you have to relearn how to play the game. They're taking a lot of the same premises of the first game uh, when not changing those, which is exciting, but they're just adding a whole other layer mm -hmm. of, of combat and things that you get to do, ways you get to fight. Uh, kind of like almost as if you've learned new abilities and things like that, which is which is super great. Uh, and then the third thing we're seeing is customization is crazy good. Like the ability to go in, fully change up your character, uh, hair, unlock hairstyles, facial styles. It almost gives you more free reign. Like it's your own individual identity of who Cal Kestis is, which is super cool. And even like the clothes that you wear, right? And if you play the first game, like you'd run around and find these ponchos, but they weren't yeah. all that exciting. It's like, There's oh. like eight different ponchos. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. Like I can wear a green poncho and it's still the same poncho. It's just different color. Right. And now it's like, yeah, you know, you're finding stuff that feels a lot more rewarding that you're equipping right away. And it's all cosmetic. Same with your lightsaber. Like there's so much uh, customization with the lightsaber now and what you can do. So to me, those are like the little things that like keep me excited about like wanting to explore, wanting to a hundred percent a game and like find all mm -hmm. of the treasures. like. I'm excited about that. And if you guys want to see more about that or get more intake uh, on that stuff, go check it out. It's all over YouTube. Seriously. Uh, I would start with my friend Elliot over at Battlefront Updates. Uh, he is incredible and he's got a lot of other good friends and contacts there as well. Um, so I, I would do that. But yeah, man, I'm ready for Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Only thing is it comes out on the 28th and I'm closing on the sale of my house on the 28th and moving. So I'm going to have to oh, wait no. to play it. I know, but yeah. it is what it is. Any other final takes on uh, Jedi Survivor? No, I just can't wait to see the game. It's going to be amazing, I think. It's my Likewise. It and it and the sequel to Breath of the Wild are the two games this year that I cannot wait to play. And honestly, to me, those are the two possible, like, with without, like, playing them, to me, those mm -hmm. are the obvious, like, game of the year candidates. If they come out yep. and they just knock it out of the park in terms of, like, 
how they run. Like if they run flawlessly in the story and everything mm-hmm. is hyped up as they're saying it is going to be like those could easily be get the next yep. uh, game of the year, uh, which, which is super cool. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Um, also, another thing I'm excited to see is coming out tomorrow. And that is the Mario movie. The Mario movie mm. is hitting theaters tomorrow. I got my tickets booked for Saturday. I'm taking my seven-year-old and four-year-old. And mm. we're going to go uh, cheer on Mario in his fight with Bowser. Um, and so we just we just have that coming out tomorrow. And then we also had D&D just come out last Friday or yes. two Fridays ago. Yeah. Uh, and then John Wick's come out. So there's been a lot of movies. A lot of traction on this stuff um and it's it's just crazy to see um just the response of all of like all of these gaming culture movies and video mm-hmm. games like get like pop culture level excitement um there's so many people i know that are pumped about a mario movie like and all that but uh are you planning on going to see mario you planning on seeing D? have you seen D? uh um, what are your thoughts there I'm really excited to see D&D. I thought it was going to be terrible when I heard it announced. Uh, but the reviews yeah. have been amazing. And the trailer looks like the tone of like, I could see myself playing as those characters. Like the scene where they ask, like they revive the dead guy and ask him, they can only yes. ask him questions. Like, yeah. Like that sounds like something that's happened that's to me at like, a D&D table. I was yeah. going to say. Like, like uh, that was great. I'm going to see the Mario movie because I have a seven and a nine year old. So it's like, you know, you have to. Yeah, I'm nervous about it. I am nervous. You're nervous? What are you um, nervous about? I'm worried it's going to be bad, frankly. Um, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I It shouldn't be. I love Voices Chris Pratt. or acting? I, like what, yeah. what specifically is going to be bad? The Yeah, I think the direction taking, taken with the voice acting is going to make me nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mario's voice to me is so like ingrained, right? Like those types of things. So I'm a little worried about that. Um, but... I'm going to see it. I'm going to give it a chance. I hope it does well. I love stuff like this. I love the Sonic movies that came out. Those mm-hmm. were great. Like if they can keep pumping that stuff out, it, it just appeals to me. So I hope it's good. And I think the reason the Sonic movie in terms of voicing works so well is like there really was an established voice for Sonic, like growing That's up right. and stuff. But with Mario, like when you hear Mario, you hear the Charles Mar- Martinet. Let's go. Like you hear yes him and now to see like we'll have to see how chris pratt takes on mario and charlie day takes on luigi i mean i've already yeah. seen clips in tra- from the trailer of seth rogan's donkey kong and i'm like it's just seth rogan like yeah it's just yeah. his laugh it's yeah. his you, you know um yeah. you know but at the end of the day i've i have heard that it does a lot it pays a lot of good like justice and tributes the franchise very well and I hear that they have a lot of like other little Easter eggs or tidbits into Nintendo as a whole and oh, nice. other franchises. So things that adults like me are going to catch that my kids won't, but I will, I can appreciate. So yeah. we'll see uh, how that is, but Dungeons and Dragons killing it. Uh, yeah. It opened to over 30 million in box in the box office. Um and so that I think did, is far better. Did I read that it beat John Wick? It did. Wow, that it surprised beat me. John Wick, which was surprising, yeah. and the reviews, um, the reviews actually put it to where it actually landed thirty eight point five million ahead of pre release projections. Uh, it wow. fell short of the forty million, which seemed possible after Friday's returns from last week. Um, 
because in Saturday I saw a little bit of a drop. I think people are starting to get ready for Easter. Uh, yeah. You know, and honestly, like that, like I think the Mario movie is going to do well. Uh, just because it's the Mario movie, but I mean, it's it's Easter weekend, so yeah, they're releasing all the movies tomorrow for that reason because yeah. they don't want it to interfere with the holiday. Uh, but I still think it's going to be just absolutely bonkers uh, in terms of movies. And and honestly, those people that don't want to see Mario, that their kids want to see Mario, but they might want to go see something else. Like, I feel like that's just going to help spike D&D and John Wick as well. Absolutely. The John Wick movie series. I don't know how you feel about it. I love the John Wick movie series. I'm so excited to see that fourth one, too. But um, it'll, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it does with these like family friendly. You know, even D&D looks you know, older-ish, fam- preteen, family-friendly. But. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Creed 3 also did really, really well uh, in theaters uh, as well. Wow. It didn't uh, It didn't do as well, I think, as one would hope, but, I mean, it was competing against the likes of, you know, John Wick and, and all these other yeah, films, so yeah. it kind of makes sense. But uh, Creed 3 is actually already, from what I saw, it's already headed to streaming. Like, Oh, great. Auto. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, so... I mean, I think it's gonna be a long time before we see Dungeons and Dragons, John Wick, or Mario hit streaming. Though I think yeah, those I think are gonna, right. I think those are gonna stay in theaters for some time, uh, and they're gonna continue to be a hit. Uh, so yeah, Mario movie out tomorrow. Go buy your tickets. Go check it out this weekend. Uh, take your family if they're in town visiting you for Easter, or you're in town visiting them, and uh, go see D and D. If Mario's not your thing, go see D and D because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Um, all right, time for the main event. This is our boss battle, our final topic of the night. Let's go ahead and kick it off right now. Time for the boss battle. We're gonna have to make like a, a 16-bit frosty for that video one of these days. There you go. <laughs> We're gonna have to. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. We can do that. It'd be, we could definitely do that. Uh, all right. So this this topic, I did in honor of you. I feel like you might have a lot to say on this one. Uh, but tonight's boss battle topic, and if you're watching at home, please let us know your thoughts uh, or your opinions on it. And if you're listening to the podcast, tweet at us as well. We would love to engage with you on this topic, but. Here is the question. What is the best MLB rivalry of the modern age? Not talking about all time, because I feel like all time it really comes down to one or two like teams, like or one or two yeah. like two rivalries that I would say, like, okay, that's that's it. Yeah. But w- with the way baseball has been the past five, ten years, what make like what are you leaning toward being the best MLB rivalry? In, in the modern day baseball. Wow. So, uh, you know, when I, when I think about that, I think about probably, I, for, I start with the most controversial team in baseball, which is the Astros, right? Like, and like, <laughs> I could say 
I could say the Astros and about anybody, right? And, the Astros you know, and, and everyone. And some way, in some way, that is right. Like the Astros have become the evil empire, right? Because of yeah. the cheating scandals and the stolen. And honestly, some would even say just straight up Astros Yankees. Yeah, and that's what, but that's what I was going to pivot to. Absolutely, yeah. it's Astros Yankees for me if I'm putting two teams against each other. Yeah, uh, those teams hate each other, like legitimately hate each other. Everybody, all the time. And I love it. It's great for baseball to see that. It reminds me of those old Red Sox and Mets and Yankees, like back in the day. Reminds mm-hmm. me of those types of feuds. Um, but there's some bad blood uh, there. And I don't see it going away as long as those teams are as good as they are. That's good. That's good. Honestly, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, you know, whenever you look at historic rivalries, you know, you've got the Cubs and the Cards. You've got... Sure the cards and the Royals. You've got the New York Mets and the New York Yankees. You've got the Yankees, Red Sox. You got a lot of classic teams there. You've got the, the Rangers and the Astros. Like there's so many classic teams, even the battle for LA, right? You got the the angels and the Dodgers. Um, And to me, that's where I'm going with for the modern one is the angels and the Dodgers. I love that. I feel like, I feel like there's a huge battle in LA for who runs that city, uh, especially now, you mm-hmm. know, with all the controversy. Uh, another one that I would totally want to throw in is like the Braves being uh, being a team that is highly controversial. Like there's a rivalry there with Freddie Freeman and, and the Dodgers yeah. too. Like yeah, I just, that's a good I don't one. Do that, but I, I'm going to stick with the Dodgers Angels. I think. There's just this precedence. Like both those teams are just really good. They're really like you were yeah. talking about, like Astros and Yankees. As long as those two clubs are really good, like it's kind of hard to not see them as rivals. Everyone's yeah. gonna go, always go back to that World Series and go, "Well, the Yankees got cheated out of that World Series." That's right. And yeah. they're never gonna let that go. Ever. That's right. Uh, and why should they? Like rightfully so. Right. They they can argue that all day. I would yeah. too. Um. I still like. I know there hasn't really been uh, a World Series win for the Angels, but they they definitely are trying to make a name for themselves. And Absolutely. the Dodgers are like, we're the champions. We are the Kings. Yep. We're consistently battling in the playoffs, either winning pennants or winning a World Series or getting dang close to it. Angels, yeah. where are you? <laughs> yep. You know. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this David Goliath type story, except. David's got, you know, two amazing all-stars on their team in, in Mike Trout. Yeah. Yeah. Two of the best baseball uh, players. In the world. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like that's, that's probably my two, but I honestly, I think you're probably right. I think Astros are just like the most hated team yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the MLB. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you see like when the Astros are playing, no matter who they're playing, there's fans banging on trash can lids or whatever. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, calling that team out and that team like their players have character you know what i mean like they when they're on like the news right that like they give it as well as they they get it and so uh they're really exciting the other one i would put out there is a good one as well as the nationals and phillies um and you see like bryce harper going you know being shipped across the way they're in division two teams that really just don't like each other yeah and honestly like the nats like they haven't been doing very good but i still think there's just this this great hatred for yes. the Phillies from the Nats because yes. Bryce Harper. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you look back to Babe Ruth, like 
he left the Red Sox to go to the Yanks and it yeah. created this whole start, like spin up in this yeah. and everything. And, uh, you know, and the Cubs curse was legendary. Like those are the things that yeah. like, player moves like that and in upsets and championships, those are the things that help create these conspiracies of like, Absolutely. Oh, they're cursed or they're this, you know? Yeah. And, um, I feel like that is really what's going to help set some of these, like when people look back at the modern era now, like in the future, when they look back at baseball today, those are the things they're going to remember. Oh, well, remember when the Braves just completely screwed over Freddie Freeman and he went to the Dodgers and then like the Braves, like the Braves still did well, but there was just this tension because, you know, they gave one of the best players in baseball and Freddie Freeman, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, same thing with yeah. Bryce Harper, like Bryce Harper going from the Nats to the Phillies. Like, uh, it's it's crazy. I I uh, you know I I watched the Royals back. Uh, I was a Royals fan growing up, watching them when they had Jermaine Die, Carlos Beltran. Mm. Um, they had Johnny Damon all at the same time, and they yeah, still that's a great lost. squad. They yeah, still yeah. lost all the time. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Like I watched those years and watched those players like grow up into their prime. And then to see like Jermaine die, win the world series MVP, see Carlos Beltran win so many rings to play for all, Johnny yeah. Damon as well. To you go get yeah. all the championships he did. Um, and so like, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like you never know yeah. like what personnel change is going to make a huge difference or like where That's those players truth. are going to go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but uh do you think we have a possible Astros Yankees World Series again this year? Like well, I could totally the, see like Yeah, they're they'll be in the ALCS against each other for sure, I think. Right? Like yeah. that's like I yeah, right. Both, that's yeah, what I yeah. meant. Like do we see them yeah, race yeah. off to to have to have one advance it, or whatever? It feels yeah, it feels inevitable, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like, like it always feels like that's what they're building towards the AL. Like that's the season finale of the AL every year is like the Astros mm. and the Yankees walking to each other's stadium. Yeah. I always forget that they moved uh, the Astros, Astros from National yeah. League to American League. So that's why I was like hesitant. But yeah. but either way, it's no different. Like to me, that's way more possible, like way more of a possible outcome to see those two in the ALCS versus like a Red Sox Yankees. Like that used yeah. to be the thing. That everyone's like, oh, every year it's the Yankees mm-hmm. and the Red Sox head to head. And that made the ALCS so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, come, you know, come September, October to see those two teams face off for a yeah. shot at the series. Like, dude, that was always yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, man. But well, dude, that's uh that's the show. That was the show. How how do you feel about your first official show as I you know, I I'd give myself a C. It was pretty decent, uh, you know. C I'll, minus. Get, I'll get better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's what I was shooting for. No. Yeah, it's good. I'll give it. No, it's been a great time. I enjoy talking to you just generally. And so doing it here is even more fun. Yeah, it's people fun. People can critique man. us while we do it. I'm so glad you agreed to come help, like come help and be a part of the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you guys want to listen to Frosty and uh, us just kind of chat away about all things sports and entertainment, uh, make sure you guys tune in. We love to chat with you guys, uh, just like we're chatting with. Uh, Freddie Airmail, uh, It's Jay Spacely, Connor, BC Lion, P- Peanut. Uh, we love all you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to the yeah. show. Um, so make sure you guys tune in live each and every week on Tuesdays at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. And 
And if you can't catch us there, we'd love to have you listen to us on podcast services around the globe. But it's been a lot of fun. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Remember to share this podcast with everybody you know. We hope to see you next week on the show. And until next time, remember, power to the fans. This has been a presentation of the Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. If you'd like to create a podcast or live stream show with us, please reach out at content at fcf.io.